What does it take to become an elite 40k player? How do the top competitors overcome bad dice? The Competitive 40k Network presents Art of War Unbroken. Insight into the game plans of the top players on the planet with your hosts, Blake Law and the Art of War Coaches. Hello and welcome to Art of War Unbroken. Champions may lose, but their spirit remains unbroken. I'm your host, Blake Law, and this is episode three of the podcast. We're glad to have you join us today. Over the next hour, we'll be talking to a great player who lost a game of 40K. We say we learn the most from our losses. How often have you blamed a game on bad dice or just random odds against an opponent? I think we all do that every single time we play an event. What this podcast aims to do is really focus on the nitty-gritty of why we lose, the strategies we plan to implement moving forward, and just the overall changes and adjustments we make to our list. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk to a player who played Chaos at an event. He, I believe he went 4-1, and one and he uh, lost the Dark Eldar. So we're going to dig into that deep. Make sure to stick around. Uh, this is part one of the podcast. Part two will really dive into the strategy changes and the list adjustments he plans to make moving forward. So right now, let's dig in. Let me start today and take it back in time. The year is 1981. A mulleted man emerges from his basement. He dusts off an ancient tome. That tome is what we consider to be the pre-first edition 40K text. Lightning flashes from his fingertips as he opens a box of beaky marines, instantly setting the first meta. Who is this man? My co-host today, Mr. Brad Chester. He's a nine-time member of Team USA. He's one in the Depticon. He's a three-time top eight finisher at LVO. He has countless GT major wins. Most recently, he won the Motor City GT. Brad, you were actually the player who beat our guest today at Red River. No, and I'm no, excited I, to no, see no, your insight from that no. I was so not. I was the person that got beat by the Red River. He got beat in the next man, round. If Brad I, had beat me, nobody would give uh, a shit. God, this, oh, this, man, this, man, this, this is on this. Hurts my soul. Hurts my soul. I, th- I feel like we're just... Basically, uh, he's taunting you now, Brad. Nobody believes that I beat you. Every I was about to say, I literally spent the entirety of this week getting trolled about my loss, Uh, and then you start off our podcast. (laughs) Let's relive it. Let's relive it right now. Yeah, let's let's just go over this all day. Well, Brad, I actually have an alternative question for you. Then my alternative question is, why is the mullet making a comeback? (laughs) Oh, I had a strong. I was anytime you get business in the front, party in the rear is what I'm talking about, my man. And I mean, in '81, I was still around setting the meta. You had to go back to the the wee the wee hours to to get back to when I was actually born. Let me go ahead and introduce our guest here, who you can all hear talking in the background. There, our guest today is someone you might know as a longtime judge at Adepticon Nova Open. He's a three-time ATC champion. He's a member of the 2016 ETC team. He tied for first at Adepticon 2016. He had a top eight finish at LVO. He's a 2018 runner-up at Nova Open, and he has a first place finish at the Vegas Doubles Tournament 2018. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Judge Stan Curtis. I forgot. I should have actually added to the intro there that uh, when uh, me and my buddy won Vegas Doubles 2018, we actually had a Fire Raptor in that army. I forgot. That is an important fact. The key to all my success, apparently. Too too soon. Too I literally soon. forgot until this exact moment. That was uh, that was Jared Freeman's Fire Raptor that I borrowed the morning of. I had to look up what the Fire Raptor did before this. So recording, did Brad, actually. I assume, last weekend. <laughs> yeah, as, as it was soccer tossing my Raiders into another dimension. <laughs> so let's just dive right into the discussion here. Uh, Justin, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Red River GT? Just tell us about the event, you know, how many people were there, just kind of where it's at, the layout and all that. 
Yeah, we were we were basically on Lake Erie there. Uh, we were about five minutes away from the lake there up in uh, what was the actual name of the city? We're we're west of Cleveland. Where where were we? Vermilion. We were in Vermilion, Vermilion, Ohio. Uh, it was nice. It was I think it was thirty two people at the start. Uh, that was Josh's first tournament that he's ran first GT at least. It was it was well laid out. We had so much space. Like we were in this giant like uh, I guess it's just an event hall. We had room. I mean, once COVID's uh, restrictions are ease down, I assume he'll be able to fit like double that many players in there Easily. at minimum. We Not, were, yeah, we were double digit. And there's so many tournaments around there. Like I think we were joking at one point. We had six TOs in the room. <laughs> like, yeah, like wow. he'll be able to to get as much train as he needs. Like Ogden was there. Uh, Chris Duncan from Indiana was there. We can get whatever we need. I came with him on that. Uh, we brought uh, he brought two big boxes of terrain for it. The Great Lakes guys have, are really doing a good job of promoting each other. Yes. So I really enjoy that. Yeah, I heard we're we're in the process of consolidating down our like three different Midwest tournament circus. I I think it's going to be mostly Great Lakes next year, which is a good sign. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about this. So we we're having more and more. I mean, our next our next uh, RTT is actually 50 plus, and that's a <laughs> one day event. So, wow. Yeah, we're it's, it's crazy. You'll we're have gonna 12 have, undefeated. Yeah, exactly. We're we're actually wow. talking about that because we're going to have to start moving to more and more technically gts just because we need more games to actually uh get the determination it's out. one of those where you finish it in the parking lot at 2 a.m exactly you're like well we're, we're, we're making it still a one-day event it's just a forever event <laughs> Jeez, yeah that's wild i went to a 16 person event this weekend and you know just that amount at covid was just like shocking to me we had so much space though it was crazy yeah this this was my first tournament back i was i was shocked to be in a room with other people for once so we saw that the terrain was actually, he put a, a bunch of pictures online of it. So we kind of knew what we were looking at, and he had actually changed that terrain after we had said you didn't have enough. So he actually did a great job of doing that. After seeing the terrain, did you have anything that you were changing in your strategy or your, your list itself before you were getting there? Well, the only thing, uh, nothing before I got there, like, because I never expect with Mortarian and obviously a Fire Raptor, <laughs> terrain's usually not that relevant for me. Uh, because other than that, I have Terminators, which are generally pretty easy to hide on any legitimate board. Uh, but yeah, when we actually got there, those his L's are taller than normal. So I always tell people, like, it, the joke is that my Mortarian doesn't have his wings on him. I always tell people it doesn't matter because you can see Mortarian everywhere. But there, I actually had the option on some of those boards. Like, some of those L's were nine or ten inches tall, and I could have hypothetically hid Mortarian if I needed to. Um, I think there was even one table where I could have hypothetically hid the Fire Raptor, but I, it never actually came up. But it's it's always something to keep in mind when you see enormous, like, actual line-of-sight blockers, not just obscuring line-of-sight blockers these days. But, yeah, I, I had the option on some of those boards. So your thought process itself going into the knowing what we were going to play and everything else, you brought, obviously, the Fire Raptor, you brought Mortarian, which isn't exactly a controversial pick. And then you brought a giant unit of Blight Lords, which I actually think is a fantastic choice. Nick and I were actually doing a, a uh, how to beat Trikari. And one of the things was is Death Guard Terminators, because any of the, you know, the Blight, the Blight Lords and the Death Shrouds, that minus one damage uh, and the T5 is actually something that they do not want to face uh, because of the fact that they, with the two up, four up, they're a very good counter for a lot of those combat things. Were you uh, thinking that you were going to face what, you know, the matches itself that you were going to face? You were teching into them a little bit? 
Well, the the first thing I I want to get into, and and hopefully we we're doing this early. Luckily, I I I don't know what your retention is like on these podcasts, but I want I want to get this out early. This this list is not a reaction to Dark Eldar. Oddly enough, I've I've been seeing a lot of that. I've been playing this for two months. Go ask go ask my my weird locals that I play with, my buddy Towler. Uh, I came into this list, and I'll, I'll also name drop a buddy of mine uh, from the East Coast, Sam Lucidi. This is his fault. I always I always put him under the bus on this. Um, I'll tell you the short story of where this train wreck of an army came from, um, and we'll get into the Terminators later, because I love my Terminators, but the Fire Raptor is Sam Lucidi's fault. Um, Sam, early in Death Guard, was using Forge World Flyers, uh, in his case, I think a, a Hell Talon, one of the cheap ones, as a way to dump contagions on people turn one. You throw a cheap flyer across the board, you cast uh, Gift of Plagues on it, you use Flash Outbreak, and now you've got a 10-inch aura of your chosen contagion across the board on turn one. Now, me and Sam are both on the FAQ team. We help write the Games Workshop FAQs. The day I started writing this list was when we found out that that was getting changed. <laughs> they were like, oh, well, we're going to take contagions. Well, we're going to tie contagions of Nurgle to Flash Outbreak, so you can't do it on the Forge World. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I was just about to say that because I'm like, yeah, you, you guys know that that's it's not how that works. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm, we were having these conversations in January. That's when that's when I was like, well, if I'm going to go in for a flyer. So like I went down Sam's like uh, his uh, road of thought there. I was like, well, if I'm going to run a flyer, I want to run one of the big stupid flyers because that's who I am as a person. I want to run a 400 point flyer that can actually do something. I'll run a fire raptor. And I had a secondary plan where like if I'm going to park a fire raptor in your back lines, I can use uh, the Death Guard auto explode stratagem for D6 mortals. Like that's pretty cool. So that's where I first got this idea from, from Sam. And then we found out it was changing. And I was like, oh, crap. So well, basically maybe you nerfed yourself. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we, we got ourselves nerfed. And then I was going down that line of thought anyways. I was like, well, right now in whatever version 0.1 of this list, I was running like two uh, Plague Burst Crawlers. And the whole problem with my list and kind of my lists traditionally, like Brad knows I've played the same thing for years and years and years, is... I don't he lose the, the melees. Guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't lose the melees in the middle of the board. But if you've got a bunch of speed or a bunch of like infiltrating mobility, it doesn't matter. If you're holding four objectives and Mortarian standing in the middle of the board doing a dance, no one cares. I still lose. So I'm paying like three thirty for two plague burst crawlers to sit in my backfield and go. God, I wish I could kill the five Primaris Marines that are standing on that objective over there and just watching them fail reliably. Because A, they're Plague Burst Crawlers, so they're D6 shot, and B, Transhuman exists. So it's just like, ugh, just paying 330 to try to kill 90 points of Marines on a corner objective that I can't afford to send Mortarian or Blightlord Terminators at, or Blightlords just won't get there because they're slow, like, that was sad. Before we so dig too deep, uh, how about you just uh, run down your yeah, list yeah. for us real fast so we can get yeah. an idea of it. So the whole list, and watch me forget something because I've changed the list so many times he did the, bring all of the characters you should just I, say check characters, just yes pick assassinate please is the name of the list um so it's mortarian obviously as warlord then we have a, a death guard patrol of uh a, just a blank chaos lord by the way which is kind of sad um it's a blank chaos lord and then um the three uh the three virions is Tallyman, foul blight spawn with the stench vats and a uh a Biologus, so they still get the mortals in combat. I, I can't live without the Biologus. The uh, the ten Blightlord Terminators. Way, I run swords. I, I, I don't know why he ran swords. Why, why do you run the swords instead of the axes, actually? 
so uh, I think Sisters is a horrendous matchup for me. That's a big part of it. Just the ignore AP2 terrifies me. Uh, the other thing is just cutting through basic Marines. It's The math is basically the same at that point on basic Marines. Uh, it's actually better because I don't have the minus one toughness. So I am actually better cutting through basic uh, Marines. To tell you the truth, I, I did forget about that. I was thinking about, in my mind, I was thinking the minus one toughness or I'm like, that makes it yeah, two. Yeah, we're both, so on, both wounded on threes. Yeah. yeah, the swords I, make a big difference at that point. And realistically, against a hard target where you would want the extra strength, I'm relying on the mortals anyways. I'm, I'm going all in on the mortals at that point. I'll reroll everything and just look for mortals. Um, and then... I think that's all the Death Guard. And then there's a Thousand Suns patrol of Ahriman, two basic five-man rubrics, and a Fire Raptor, which the Fire Raptor's in that detachment because it can benefit from reroll ones from Ahriman. Wait, the, so. the rubric one unit was the bane of my soul. I, I know. know this. I loved it. I loved those, what, those rubrics. For people who don't know, such as myself before we recorded this, what does the Fire Raptor do so it's just a bucket of shots <laughs> um it's a bucket of really meta relevant shots so again i took it to kill marine scoring units so you're trying to kill toughness four three up armor probably in cover two wounds that's what you're looking to kill it's 24 heavy bolter shots so that's already good news then it's 10 avenger bolt cannon shots which is just like a hyped up heavy bolter it's strength six ap2 two damage and then it's got the four anti-vehicle shots from the missiles which are strength eight, AP three, three damage. And if I happen to play another aircraft, like in an admech matchup, I guess the uh, the missiles get extra D three damage against other aircraft. And this thing has heretics astartes, also correct. It has heretic astartes. It can be presence is the big goal. Yes, you presence it. You have arm and stand under it. Now you're hitting on twos with a reroll. Holy cow! Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, so it's it's thirty four roughly heavy bolter equivalent shots, where ten of them are slightly better, and then four kind of anti vehicle shots. What were your, obviously you knew what the meta kind of was going into this tournament. What were your perceived weaknesses kind of going into Red River? Uh, like I said, I, I don't want to play against Sisters. I've, I've actually not played the matchup yet, but I, I don't want to <laughs> because the plane is all AP1, AP2, other than the, the four missile shots, which are irrelevant. Uh, it's all AP1 and AP2. So if I'm shooting a bunch of Sisters standing in a cover, it just does nothing. Like I'm paying 400 points to kill like three Sisters and I'm real sad about it. Um, I think I'm weak into certain chaos mirrors. Uh, I, I did have to play one chaos mirror and I got away with it. Um, the other thing I was thinking of, there was, there was something I had in the back of my head. Um, I'm, I know now that I'm really weak to Ravenwing, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> um, there's, God, what was it? There was one more that I was concerned about. Um, okay. Also, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I got dump trucked by those Ravenwing. I may or may not have, but well, yeah, I assume that's what your lunch break was spent doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He literally looked at me and goes, if you want vengeance, you have to explain everything right yes, now. <laughs> I, I kind of figured. But yeah, no, there's there's not a ton that I'm super... Because I, I always tell people, it's been a long time since I lost a melee-focused matchup. <laughs> I tend to play armies that aren't going to lose an assault fight. like, And that's why I've not been super concerned about Dark Eldar this whole time. Like They're an assault fight, and I'm usually fine in those. It's It's... Shooting plus mobility is usually my my loss. So what did you actually lose to? I guess let's get into the meat of it. What did you lose to? We'll yeah. kind of dig into why you lost. I, I lost the final match against Thomas Ogden, who was playing Dark Angels 
almost well not primarily raven it was, wing but it was like it was raven it was literally raven wing because the only yeah thing it, they he, had he actually death plays wing. a raven wing detachment and a death wing detachment but his death wing detachment is basically just his characters and some two-man commands yeah, he's got units. three like, two-man it, command squads yeah it's like 600 points 1400 points and most of the 600 is characters so just to reiterate it's, it's it wasn't brad just uh just a no. recap we, we didn't have a brad boss here God damn it <laughs> oh, we'll get into that brad game later Post don't worry about that games in 2020 <laughs> <laughs> this hurts so against thomas and and actually ironically i told my friends the night before i guaranteed them what was going to happen because that was obviously game four and game five on sunday so i had all night to think about the fact i was going to play brad i told my friends I'm going to beat Brad and I'm going to lose to one of these Marine lists. <laughs> like I told them straight up because table two was dark angels versus space wolves. It's like, I guarantee you I'm going to lose to one of those Marine lists. So, uh, so Thomas's list was dark angels. It was like a pile of characters, a chaplain, Ezekiel, Azrael. Um, I think there was a, there was an apothecary in there, obviously. And then it's the three uh, units of attack, bikes. three units of attack spikes, a, a bike squad with an attack bike and just a rando Melta. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two talon masters, two vengeance speeders, just a ton of speed. So I even got first turn and I was like, okay, now I have a chance because I'm playing a 400 point plane and a 490 point Mortarian into 23 Melta shots. Jeez. What you look, you look across the board there and what, what do you say? Okay. What is my target priority? What am I really going to think about here? Yeah, that's, that's where I, I, I don't know if I'd had a chance, but that's where I made a mistake regardless. I, I don't know if I had a chance. I made the right call, but I definitely made the wrong call. Oh, we're going to talk about this in part two because I've got some, <laughs> hey, what the uh, hell is going on here, sir? I went all in on killing those Melta bikes. I was like, let's just kill every multi-Melta on the board and see what happens. My my thought in my head was if I can keep the plane alive, I have a chance, which there was never any chance to keep the plane alive. <laughs> I should have recognized that. But I, I, I got what I thought I needed. I killed seven multi-Melta bikes on turn one out of nine. I was like, oh, great. This is this is going the way I wanted it to. And then uh, what happens with Thomas's list, because I've played a lot of Dark El or Dark Angels, but I've never played a list like that. All he did on turn one was the Talon Masters go in two directions and the Vengeance Speeders go in two different directions and the Obsec bike unit goes in a fifth direction. He just spread out. And at that point, and literally the first two Melta shots that fired at the plane hit, wounded, obviously go through, I don't get to save, uh, and did 15 damage. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I killed all but two of his multi-melt bikes and then one of them shoots at it and does 15 damage and i'm like okay um so the plane's out of commission he shot at it with just like trash bullets and finished it off at that point with all these land speeders everywhere i can't actually kill those <laughs> like it sounds dumb but that's how my army works like i don't have shooting to kill a land speeder the only thing i have in my army that kills things are that fire raptor mortarian and some terminators that move five inches a turn and have a bunch of bolters <laughs> so Suddenly, my plane is dead. Mortarian's in his backfield just going ham because that's what he does. But it's irrelevant because on the four corners are a bunch of land speeders that have like six or eight wounds and three up armor that I just can't touch. So as soon as turn one was over, I was already done. But yes, in my opinion, uh, you can't shoot the Talon Masters, obviously, because they're characters. I should have shot his Vengeance Speeders. I should have gone all in on the Vengeance Speeders and the Obsec Squad and tried to take them out. and then. At the very minimum, I can, I can try to use my rubrics to maybe like tar pit the uh, the talent masters, the characters when they go flying off on corners. Just grab them and hope for the best and stand on an objective because we're obsec. But the vengeance speeders had the capability to both go to the corner and also kill the rubrics. So I was like, well, now all my scoring's dead. My pox walkers died, I think, on turn three. 
Like, I, I think I scored five points on primary. Like, he just spread out, killed my scoring, and I lose. And the mission was vital vital intelligence on that. So it was not a great mission for that no. period. Yeah, six six objectives with them deep in the four corners, and then two kind of spread in the middle. I was like, ooh. Like it, it was a good layout to have a fast army. But like I said, right. I've, I, can, I build to try to deal with that, and I just couldn't in that formation with the land speeders. Taking a step back here, what secondaries did you actually take? Oh God, I think I scored like zero on primaries or on secondaries. My so first off, my army's terrible at secondaries, like in general. Like I I have to win on primary. I I will not be winning these close games with this list. Um, I almost always take engage just because I have a flyer on Mortarian. So, um, so I took engage, uh, raise banners because it was six objectives. That's basically what those rubrics are there for, just to raise banners and then right. teleport around like weirdos. Um, and I'm guessing I took grind them down. I usually get forced into grind them down, which I hate. Um, except against Dark Eldar, obviously, because they have 800 units. But uh, I, so I'm going to say I, I'm pretty sure I took uh, engage, grind them down, and raise banners. So now with this, and you've been playing with this for a while. Would you think about <clears throat> what did you think about uh, the Marine matchups besides Dark Angels? Like, how have you been playing? I know a lot of the guys in and around your area are actually Marine players. Devising this and going into it with your original thoughts. Uh, how are you going? In, yeah. How are you doing against the regular marine meta? So I have a I have a million games against Dark Angels, but focused on Deathwing, and then White Scars, Space Wolves, Blood Angels. Like that's what everybody around me is playing, and that's those are the matchups where I do great. Like like I said, it's if somebody's playing assault focused Marines, it's very 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 hard to beat my army because you've got to deal with Mortarian first off, who's just gonna hey I'm Mortarian I'm here deal with me. And then slowly walking up midfield is those 10 Terminators protected by the Blight Spawn. Like, Marines have no capability to deal with that, that blob. Like, my, my opponent in round three at this tournament just did what a lot of people do the first time they play against it. He crashed some uh, Thunderwolves into that, that Terminator squad, just loses his Thunderwolves, killed, like, one Terminator. <laughs> like, nothing wants to fight that unit until it has to break out and lose character protection. Like, it's, it's borderline impossible to crack. I don't know what would want to fight it. Um, so yes, it's, it matches up very, very well into the Marine armies. Now that I have that fire Raptor that can kill their scoring units, which is its whole goal. So ultimately you feel like, like that first turn, you should have kind of stuck to your strategy of, Hey, this thing kills the scoring stuff. This wants here. And you kind of change your game plan to try to protect it. And that kind of was what you felt like. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I got spooked by the fact that he, like, he doesn't have traditional scoring units, too. Like, he literally has no infantry models other than his characters. He has no infantry models. So instead of shooting heavy bolters into a stat line that is perfect for heavy bolters to kill, at best, I'd be shooting at the three wound, like, scoring bike squad, the, like, the obsec squad from the Ravenwing detachment. I'd be shooting at three wound models. He is running an outrider, so he has just. Yeah, he has the naturally obsec bike squad that runs off in one direction. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, he went all in on speed and guns. Yeah, and, and on top of that, it's all protected by Azrael on turn one. So even with the like the bulked-up AP2 shots and the AP3 missiles, I'm shooting into a four-up invul because of Azrael. Okay, so you were talking about like primary and how that's how you normally win. So what was your kind of... When you looked back, you decided, hey, I'm going after these attack bikes... What was your, like, two steps ahead? How am I playing primary thought process on that? Uh, my goal was to try, like, I thought he was going to commit more to the middle, more so than directly into Mortarian. I thought he would react to the middle, because uh, there were two objectives in the middle, but they were they were spread out enough that it was it's hard for my Terminator unit to hold both and still protect themselves with their Blight Spawn. 
I thought he was going to commit something to the middle, but he made the correct call, which was he completely ignored the middle. <laughs> he dogpiled Mortarian, and then he sent uh, all of his fast units in, like I said, five different directions that I'm never going to catch up with. Like, I, I don't think by the end of the game, I had chipped that, that scoring bike unit down to two models, and I had not touched any of the four land speeders. They were just hanging out, killing all my scoring. If there was a third party that took assassinate to kill both of your guys' armies, he would have scored a thousand. <laughs> a million victory points. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm out of the habit of taking assassinate because against, uh, like I've said, like my buddies up here play, uh, like Towler plays uh, almost pure Deathwing. And I always tell people, I'm like, you're never going to kill any of those characters in a Deathwing army until you table the guy. Like that's the last thing you kill because it's in the middle of a pile of like 14 obsec, like, transhuman terminators like you can't possibly kill them till the game's over whereas ogden just went nah screw them and just left and they they were all just throwing themselves into mortarian and i'm like oh, okay i'd have a lot of points if i picked assassinate yeah that i was gonna i'm gonna go into a couple more of those in in part two where we go into like some of the very specific movements that we could have done and and, and thinking forward to any list changes but how did you think about Excuse me, uh, yourself into other... You said you had uh, chaos matches that you were possibly bad against. Like, exactly what are you thinking about when you're thinking about the bad chaos match? Because in, in the traditional matches, I actually feel that you line up fairly well because of the fact that you have the, the super durable stuff, you have protection against uh, some psychics and D, you know, with your own psychics, obviously. So what what do you actually think are the bad matchups? Yeah, so... And this is probably just me overthinking it a bit because all I do is think about chaos stuff. Uh, like my buddy Daniel Sansone was there. He's basically playing what I played for four years. Like he's playing Mortarian and Magnus. <laughs> like that was my bread and butter for so long. Uh, he's playing Morty Magnus, the uh, the Super Lord of Change. He's playing a great unclean one right now, which I make fun of him about. Uh, he's got like Nurglings, Plague Bears, the usual stuff. Hey, you leave great Big Fatty alone. I know, poor Big Fatty. Like, I think I should match up badly into that. And I've told him that. Like, I, we and him have only played once, and I beat him. And after the game, I was like, you shouldn't have lost that. And I told him why. <laughs> but, uh... See, weirdly uh, enough, I disagree on that one. I actually, In my opinion, every Chaos Mirror, the first question you ask is, does either person have Magnus? If that answer is yes, the person with Magnus should win. <laughs> like, Magnus is the trump card in a Chaos Mirror, in my opinion. And he always has been. Because Chaos Mirrors, the first factor is who has better access to that death hex like that is it the person For who has sure, better access have, to death have, hex you have the access to i'll just shoot you from across the table especially if you went first yeah make make a bunch of four up saves and in, in my mind that's what i'm thinking yes that and that is my way out i i told him if i go first my play is to shoot the fire after fully into magnus if i get rid of magnus he loses but that, that, that's why I would give you the nod on that. That's why I was yeah. wondering exactly what you were thinking. The math doesn't have it killing Magnus, though. It's close, but unless I have range with the bolters, and I also spend like four command points to make the bolters be good, I shouldn't kill Magnus on turn one. And if you don't kill him, you're looking at, okay, he's at minimum going to be on middle table, because if he's not on middle table, he'll heal, heal himself from bottom table. It's on even on middle table, I would prefer to have Magnus than a Fire Raptor at that point. Like going second, Magnus middle table versus that army, I'd rather have it. Does he it's extend just, out to kill the Fire Raptor though? Because I feel like the Fire Raptor can stay in safety there. It's it comes down to the table at that point. Like on those tables, I'd feel bad because there's so many spaces to hide, even the Primarchs, as we saw. Um, it it gets weird at that point, definitely. Uh, if I can shoot at him again, 
it's at that point you're looking at minus one to hit three up in vol like you're like oh god i hope some of these go through and it should get him on a second round of shooting but it's a situation you don't want to be in at red river in general did you have did you have times where the train like affected you in that way you just kind of said was there a time where there was the opportunity for it but no it never came up in my games like i my actually when i played my chaos mirror in round three uh, there was a turn where he was able to hide his mortarian behind cover but it wasn't relevant i wasn't going to shoot at him that turn but that's that's the only time it came up yeah it's like a rare gem yeah the the good thing about that terrain on on it we don't want to make it sound like it's just you know there was there was a couple big pieces he did a really good job of making it so that there was some big pieces in the corners and stuff and the middle was typically had smaller blockings yes. where you really had to work it. So it wasn't like nice like, straight line blocking pieces in the middle that were like four to six inches long. And so you basically always had firing lanes. So yeah. just saying how we were playing it, because I didn't want to make it sound like. No, like we're talking about up. what is basically what people call a Nova L, but it was maybe two inches taller than normal. And that only really matters if you're playing something like Mortarian, Magnus, Silent King, like something. Well, Silent King gets obscuring, so it's irrelevant, but. Something the big like boys, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I think I, in my opinion, the armies that I normally play should beat this army. Like, and it's just deep in my head as chaos theory. Like, you always want Magnus because the guy with Magnus has the option to play reserve, just sit back and wait for you to come at me, and then Death Hex win the game. Like that's See, that's where I'm at. I, as a recurrent, as we all know, I'm the bandwagon extraordinaire, no loyalty. <laughs> but your list actually, well, clearly, I. I made some questionable plays, as we we thought we might talk about later in a, in a cast. But your list actually scares me way more than the regular Magnus Morning list uh, with my dark oh, yeah. No, I've I've told like people since the beginning of this edition, Magnus is not good right now. <laughs> like that's why I'm not playing him. I I I think he decides the chaos mirror. I think he's bad in almost every other matchup. Yeah, like when I saw that, I mean, I played Samsung the, the turn one. Yeah. you know what I mean, and I'm just able to go. Okay, well, I'm just gonna punch him until he dies my <laughs> my very first test game of ninth edition i played a game with magnus that was it that is and i've not even tried since then i i have no faith in what he brings in this edition right now bringing it back real fast to this is the dark out uh dark angel matchup you had there um if you were to play this same list again and you were taking your army and you had a new player that you were coaching saying, hey, you're taking my army, you're playing the same list, what would be like one thing you'd say, hey, this is what you should be doing going in? I think the correct play would have been to not actually not send Mortarian turn one. I think that's what I have to do to even have a chance. I think it is an incredibly hard matchup for me, but I I just had in my head too much that Dark Angels want to play in a castle, but in this matchup, it's actually beneficial for me if he castles up. What I should have done is I should have warp timed the Terminators, kind of pick a direction for them to cheat towards, like either probably down the short edge, uh, keep them out of line of sight, and just have Mortarian stand in the middle of the board because he's got to shoot X number of multi-meltas at the plane until it dies. Uh, I also, one like hard mechanical mistake that I hate myself on is I should have spent the command point for Armin to swap into Weaver of Fates and put an invul on that plane. like. I, it was going to probably die either way, but I can spend one command point for Armin to grab Weaver of Fates, cast it on the plane. Now the plane has a five-up invul, and I just didn't do it because I just told myself it was going to die either way. But yes, in in a best-case scenario, you have Mortarian just chill in the middle of the board, plane with an invul, goes and kills what it can, and the Terminators have to cheat towards an objective and actually be relevant to the primary. 
I'm so and in part two, I really, I really want to dive into, you know, all the details on that in part two, too. I really want to see kind of where your brain goes moving forward, you know, like in total, you know, like what your strategies and everything will be. With that, I must say, I've got, I've got so much for part two, guys. I've got so much for part two. <laughs> part two is going to be amazing. Just, just stop listening. Skip to part two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're just going to listen to white noise and uh, waves crashing until the end of this <laughs> Well, I, I think that is a pretty great stopping point for us for this episode. We've kind of seen Justin's process on how he approached the game, what he perceived was wrong, and we'll really dig into the strategies, list adjustments, all that in part two. In part two, yeah, like we said, we'll see some strategies, list changes. We'll talk about this coaching and how to adapt with the Army. We got Brad here, who's the Art of War coaching extravagator. Oh man, I'm gonna and I'll, I'll start part two off with just a bomb. I'm I'm, I'm gonna hook your listeners right here. I'm gonna start part two <laughs> off with a fucking bomb. This is gonna blow people's minds. So so get ready. And part two will be available to the subscribers of the Art of War website. So just jump on over to theartofwar40k.com. All the content will be available there. We have our other podcasts. We have the Art of War down under. You have the one you know and love with John Damaris and Nick, the Art of War, and it'll also we have some. Other Merc, coaching, everything available on the work merching sites. Just go and take a look and um, at the website and see what you think on it. And lastly, we'll have a brief Q&A at the end of the part two and episodes moving forward. So if you have any questions, concerns, any feedback, go ahead and email me at blake at theartofwar.com. Scratch that. Blake at theartofwar40k.com. And email any questions. <laughs> <laughs> I've missed that. I missed that twice now in two episodes. And, so, um, and ladies and gents, we really, really like your questions. It helps so much to have directions to focus on, to answer your questions, and to really make sure that we're going in the direction that you want us to go. You know, when we're going into deep dives of either list design, strategies, anything, it just really, really helps us to have those questions. So please, please, please send them. Please, please, please make sure that at least half the questions are Brad. Why did you lose to a fire raptor? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, all right. We'll see you in part two. Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War and the Art of War Down Under podcast on the competitive 40K network. The Art of War 40K.com.